All right, we are no longer wearing white or purple or any of the special colors. No more. Back to green. We are back to green. Happy ordinary time. Happy ordinary time. <laughs> can I say that? <laughs> sure, you can say whatever you want, David. So I got to tell you something, man. Um, I had a big breakthrough yesterday with my homily. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So as you know, I like to go extemporaneous when I preach. Uh-huh. Um, I just feel more comfortable that way. And every time that I've written down my homilies and tried to read them, I feel trapped um, to the text. Uh-huh. But I haven't I haven't been around my parish in like a month and a half. And so I haven't actually preached at Mass in over a month. So yesterday I was very insecure and I was like, I'm just going to write it all out. I'm just going to write it all out. So I wrote it all out. And then I was talking to my aunt who's going to come hear me preach. And she was talking about how she hates when priests read their read their homilies so i was like oh great uh so i had typed it all out and then as i was going to the parish i was feeling the fear man i was feeling that fear that comes right before i preach and i said you know what i'm gonna leave this text behind so i left it behind got at the embo and man it was like riding a bike and i just i felt really comfortable just preaching and i don't know it felt really good i felt like i preached really well yesterday yeah cool so help writing it out helped you Actually, that, that is actually something that I have found to be very helpful. I like writing it all out, but then leaving it away, like leaving yeah. it aside. Um, that way I don't feel tempted to just read it, but I've also done the legwork of like prepping it, you know? Right. So what, what is your, what's your MO? What do you do? I, I still, I'm not as comfortable um, doing that. I do that for daily masses and I do that for other events, but the Sunday where I, where I want to spend a little bit more time and I want to make sure. And I did kind of realize that I don't think that I really have, like I don't do a lot of the preaching devices. Like I don't repeat a lot of things. Hmm. Um, yeah. And so I don't, I don't preach in a way that perhaps a lot of other people preach. I've realized. Sure. Sure. Um, sure. Also, I feel a little bit better doing that because my homilies aren't typically all that long. Okay. So it's like, I don't need to repeat myself five times because if I did that, then that would just be the homily. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, so. Yeah. So you typically on Sundays would read your homily. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, do you find that you're capable of doing that and keeping yourself like looking at the congregation? Cause I have a hard time with that. Yeah. All right. I think part of that <laughs> part of that has to do with where like how the ambo is situated. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. If you have to look down to read, then yeah. it makes it really hard to look up to preach. Yeah. Um but if it's all one one line of sight, then it mm-hmm. works out. Um Yeah. So I think I'm gonna keep doing that. I'm gonna keep writing it all out and then going extemporaneous. Because I think I, I feel comfortable extemporaneous, but I also like having done legwork, you know, like just trust, trusting myself to fly by the seat of my pants is not, it's not comfortable at all. It's a very terrible, it's a terrifying feeling, you know? Yeah. Oh, I know. All right. Well, we're in ordinary time. Yesterday was, I guess, day one of ordinary time with the baptism. Um, yeah, technically I, day one. And I guess day two of, well, week two of ordinary time kind of picks up right where we left off. Did you gather that from the readings for next week? Uh, oh yeah, with um, with John and the testimony. 
Yeah, I mean, it's right at, well, so we're no longer in Matthew. This is now John, but with John's yeah. gospel, John's version of the encounter of Jesus with John at yeah. the Jordan, um, I was surprised by that. I, I expected it to be a completely different thing. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm, I, um, when, I was, <clears throat> when I was reflecting on the homily that I gave yesterday, if I were to do it again, and I will next year, so I'm probably going to put this in my notes, <laughs> um, <laughs> I... I've just been reflecting more and more about how the baptism of our Lord is, it's a lot about how we are brought into that relationship. The into relationship that, with Christ or with Into that Father? relationship with, with God. We have yeah. become yeah. the adopted sons and daughters <clears throat> of God. Right, um, exactly. Through, through Jesus. And yeah. the more I reflect on it, the more I see it as a continuation from all of those feasts that we were talking about the um you know the nativity god becoming flesh um the holy family all of these things were really building up to this moment i think where we now partake in this wonderful thing that has happened in our world that's that's a really great point it's not just that christ is the son of mary or the son of right, god that's right. huge but and we're now, also invited yeah and now with um, and this is kind of where I was playing with um, the different epiphanies. We've celebrated the epiphany and then the baptism. Like they flow right. from each other. And I think this is exactly the same thing. Like, okay, we've celebrated. We've become sons and daughters of, of God through Jesus Christ. So what do we do? And now yeah. John is giving his testimony after the fact. I saw the Spirit come down. I did this. I did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me. Um, so I really see this as a beginning a beginning point, like our baptism is our beginning yeah. point. Oh, totally. You know, I find it interesting that you and I both did something similar in our homilies for yesterday. Is like I connected a lot of the epiphanies as well. And for me, my, like, I guess we talked about that last week on the show, right? Like we, yeah. we mentioned how, you know, how, what is being revealed. And I, I really followed that yesterday as well. And I think that what you're saying is really good, that we've become sons and daughters through our own baptism. So what comes next? Like the word testimony that you use mm -hmm. there from John's gospel is huge. Like we give witness to what we have received, what we have believed, you know? Um, what I like about that is I think that that's a theme that carries through all three of the readings for this upcoming Sunday. Um, that now after our baptism and we're in ordinary time, which I have always kind of felt, and this is maybe, I don't know if this is overstated. I think ordinary time is kind of a unfortunate name. Like I, I think it's, yeah. a, it makes it sound very mundane, like the in-between time. Right, right. Um, I think the older calendar had the Christmas tide keep going for a while. And mm -hmm. then, yeah, then the it's presentation. like, yeah, and then it's like the weeks after Epiphany or something like that. Like you have weeks that are related to feasts. Yeah, ordinary um, time is a really... I, as far as I understand, I could be completely wrong in this. Um, th thinking of ordinary time is rather new. Like it was always yeah, the Sundays I, after Pentecost. It was always the Sundays right. after Epiphany. Yeah, and I think that that is a difference that I, is fine. But I think that there's a there's something about just saying it's ordinary time. And I get right. the theology of like holiness in the ordinary, but right. something gets lost, I think, in that because for me, it's just like business as usual. Yeah. Um, when in reality, like this upcoming Sunday is sort of like a mission Sunday. Yeah, if you think about absolutely. the readings in relation to the baptism. Um, we've been baptized and then we're sent. Like the first reading, you know, I it's too it is too little, the Lord says, for you to be my servant. I will make you the light to the nations. Mm -hmm. Like that's awesome. Yeah. You know, and then Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ. 
And then, like you said, John giving witness and testimony to yeah. Jesus Christ. Like all three of them are all about that. Like there's Absolutely. clearly, clearly Absolutely. that drive to be an apostle, you know? Yeah. And it's really, I mean, and that's how we began with today. Like we had the, the call of Samuel's mother in the first reading on, this is Monday, the first Monday of ordinary time. Hmm. And then the gospel was the call of the first apostles yeah, um, from right. Mark. It's like, okay, this is right. We've been baptized. Now we got to go. I, uh, Here I am, Lord. Morning, I come to do your will. <laughs> and just a little anecdote. At Mass this morning, I, uh, I had to read the gospel, and it's in Spanish, of course. Uh, and the first apostles are fishermen, which in Spanish is pescadores, but I, I read it as pecadores, which is sinners. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that always happens this sort of Freudian slip, and I always call them sinners. But, I mean, there's sort of a theology there, <laughs> well, too, I guess. Well, absolutely. And, th- and that's kind of what <laughs> I preached on this morning, um, mm. was that, you know, we've got this idea that those that are called are, you know, the sexy guys in their suits and fancy dresses or whatever, making lots of money. But it's who does them. Jesus call? Yeah, Smelly fishermen. Yeah. The sinners. Yeah, there you go. There you go. You know, think about John the Baptist here, right? In yeah, John's so, gospel. absolutely, yeah. Um, or if you have an Isaiah, like Isaiah as well. Isaiah, Paul, and John, all of them yeah. are not They're glamorous rough. figures. Right. Could you imagine yeah. meeting John the Baptist? That'd be so gross. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have this sort of like romantic idea that he'd be kind of a man's man and like no. fun to talk. He'd probably no. be a weirdo. Like <laughs> kind of a... <laughs> well, I mean, no disrespect. Like no disrespect, of oh, course. Sure. But... Um, yeah, I mean, he hung out with nobody in the desert and wore camel skin. Like, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> and ate bugs. Yeah, Who does he at that? least smelled like camel. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, I think, so on a meta level, I just want to zoom out for a second. And I really want to <clears throat> appreciate and highlight what you said, that connecting the gospel and the readings for this week to the baptism is clutch. But I will say, one of the things about homily prepping that I have found very helpful with this week's readings is that it gets back to that question we had before about preaching the feast versus preaching the readings. Mm-hmm. The fact that there is no feast, I just completely jumped into this with a lot more freedom. Like, <laughs> yeah, And teased out a main idea right away that, oh, yeah. it's about mission. Yeah, But there's not this overarching name that I have to sort of pay deference to. Oh, well, it's the baptism. Oh, it's the Annunciation. Or, oh, right. it's the Epiphany. You know? It may be a little bit to what you were saying about how you feel trapped with a written homily. Like with a feast, it's, oh, I have to preach about, even though the baptism of the Lord is epic, and of course I want to talk about it. It's like re- having to read a book for class. Yes. Like I hate reading yes. books for class, but I'll read the book <laughs> literally any other time. That same book. Yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. exactly. But because you're forcing me to do this, I instinctively don't want to. <laughs> yeah, and that's really hard. Like when I preach, when I'm going to preach this upcoming Sunday, I think it'll be a lot easier to just feel comfortable like letting the reading speak because there's no overarching right. you know feast day. Well, and for me like I I did feel this sense of you know, did I not did I not do it well because I didn't focus on this particular thing. Um, you know, this is the thing that people tend to preach on with, you know, X feast. But if I don't mention right. it, do I Yeah, so there's this weird like yep. guilt Obligation. trip that goes on. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's right. That's right. So I, I don't know. So I think that ordinary time is helpful in that. Like the, the readings, I yeah. think, are just a lot easier to fold into. Yeah. Um, I, I remember, this has been years and years and years ago, um, maybe even before I was a Jesuit, I heard this priest preach, and I may even been on the first week of, of ordinary time. He preached on, like, 
on ordinary time on what that means. Mm-hmm. And he used uh, the Latin phrase tempus per annum. And I don't mm-hmm. know, just for me, that helped. What is tonight, that? Tonight, t- just the time of the year. Mm. Um, and I think you're right, like bringing out that, like not using that word ordinary. It's unfortunate that it's taken on such a, well, ordinary <laughs> connotation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I remember like just being not blown away, but just really moved by him saying, you know, this isn't just, you know, the daily, the daily boring grind. Like this is, this is purposeful. This is mission. This is what we do day in and day out. Sure. To sure. build the, to build the kingdom or right. maybe not. Anyway, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. And I, yeah, anyway. It's just I think there's a temptation for it to fall into the the in between time, like the yeah. in between the real feasts, you know, in between Christmas and the real feasts, exactly. Easter. Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, so I think that this week it'll be. I, I want to stay away from preaching on what is ordinary time, just because I feel like that's it gets overdone. Sure. With so many preachers wanting to just emphasize like holiness in the ordinary, or it's not just ordinary; right. it's extraordinary. <laughs> anyway, so I think guys try to justify. I think what's a, what's effectively a misnomer. Um, <laughs> I try to justify it a little bit too much. Yeah. Um, well, you get that when you know with the pink vestments or um, difficult readings. Like the, the, those are the things that drive me the up the wall the most. Is when guys right. come up and say things like, "Oh, well, you know, Jesus didn't pink from the dead; he rose from the dead," or you know, dumb little <laughs> quips what? like that. I've never heard, heard that? that. Oh yeah. That's, oh my god. That's the worst. That's- Terrible. <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, okay, so back yeah. to the readings really quick. Uh, <laughs> just, to, just to focus. Well, to be fair, I, I, I think that the readings kind of speak for themselves this week. Like there's... A little bit, yeah. You know, there's no real need to really beat a dead horse. Like, it's clearly about sending, right? And mission from baptism. Like, that's yeah. key. Well, and look um, at your favorite thing, the Alleluia verse. Like, that kind of mm-hmm. sums it up a little bit. Yeah. Um, Was there a typo the at the USCCB? <gasps> the word of God became flesh and dwelt among us. To those who accepted him, he gave power to become children of God. Yeah, there it is, you know? Yeah. And a- as children of God, we are sent. And I really love in the gospel, the testimony. Like, that's huge. I will highlight one one line in the gospel that really stood out to me. Um, you know, the behold the Lamb of God. You mm-hmm. know, we say that at Mass. Really beautiful, really important. Um, I had this image in my mind of John the Baptist pointing to Jesus as he's coming. Um, but I, I highlighted the line that really stood out to me, which was, he existed before me. Mm. Like, there's just something about that that's so cosmic and so, like, monumental that he's recognizing not only that this is Jesus, the Lamb of God, but he's recognizing his eternity. Like, yeah. this is the gravity of this person who's younger than me, but is... He came before me. He existed. Yeah. I don't know. Something about that really struck me. And it's it's this is in the prologue of John. So it's very clear that John is insisting on, what is it, the preexistence of the Logos. right? Mm-hmm. Like God existed from the beginning. Um, anyway, I was just really struck by that because we are giving witness. We're giving witness. We're giving testimony to something that is beyond us. It's not just my friend did something nice for me or my cousin did something nice for me. It's right. God has done this thing for me. Um, and I have seen and testified that he is the son of God. That's huge. Oh, totally. 
You know, I one of the things I preached on yesterday, just to bring in John again, because that point I think is huge, is that he has witnessed that God has done something for him. I, I decided to preach yesterday on that point that we made about the resistance, about impeding God working. Remember we mentioned last week how John tries to stop Jesus from being baptized? Yeah, yeah. Um, like, John tried to stop Jesus from being baptized, and now that Jesus has been baptized, John is giving witness to the miracle of God's revelation from heaven. Like there's just something really, I don't know, a good invitation there for me of like times that I decide to stop God from working in my life. And then the miracles that happen in my life kind of in spite of me, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and look at, I mean, he's very passive in this reading, John the Baptist, except mm -hmm. his action is that testimony. Um, yeah. Proclaiming yeah. that Jesus is the son of God. Like that's, that's what it all comes back to, and that's what we have to... And I, again, I think that's why we begin Ordinary Time with a reading like this, because mm. if we're not testifying, if we're not proclaiming that Christ is the Son of God, even though we may be saying really great stuff and doing really great work, if we're not rooted in what this all means, then we're missing the point. Totally. You know what a word, a word that just stood out to me in the Gospel? I was just looking it over again. Is the word further... John testified further. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I, so it reminds me of that, um, you know, St. Paul line, like, rejoice. And I say it again to you, rejoice. Um, this sort of like doubling down on, uh, on something. So John testified, but then he testified further. Yeah. Like, that's, that's how deeply he's been touched. And the power of what he's witnessed is that, you know, I, I, I can't but preach because I've been so touched. And, I don't know. There's an invitation for me is like, I don't ever think about my baptism. Like I don't ever think Absolutely, about, yeah. you know, I think more about my entrance into religious life. I think more about my vows and my ordination as moments of mission, which they're all extensions of my baptism. But like, there's just something about, you know, preaching, but then doubling down and saying like, no, I have really been touched yeah, and I can't help but speak because that's how powerful God has worked in my life. Yeah. Like I don't have that impetus to, preach with that much conviction maybe that says something about like the tepidity of my own spiritual mm, life right now could be you know you yeah. know i was i had a baptism class this past week um this past weekend and one of the things that i brought up you know talking about infant baptism and the fact that none of us remember our own baptism in some ways in some ways it's really not about being able to remember your own baptism because whenever we celebrate the baptism of a friend or even when we're just there and a baptism is happening yeah. just like when we go to the eucharist that event is made manifest in our lives once again yes. you know when we celebrate the baptism of the lord we remember our own baptisms right and so right. if and i think i and i think that really goes to what you're saying and to what um to what john is 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 getting at with further going further is that, yeah, we have the event, and that's great. <laughs> but if you're not going further with it, if it's not becoming real once again, on maybe not a daily basis, but on a regular basis, then, again, like with if, if proclaiming Jesus Christ as, a, as the Son of God is not the center and the beginning of, of all of our testimony, then we may be missing the mark a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. I like that. I like that. You know, when we do the sprinkling rite at Mass, like that, that is not another baptism, but it's a clear reminder right. in, a, in a sacramental kind of way yeah. um, of our baptism, you know. Um, I like that. 
Uh, cool, man. Any any parting thoughts? I do. I have one question, and this comes yeah. without doing. I don't know that I've ever researched this fellow Sosthenes. Hmm. Why don't we Sosth- ever? Why don't we ever remember him? He's called with Paul. It says Paul called to be an apostle, and Sosthenes our brother. Yeah. Uh, or are they yeah, just addressing so he, him? I don't, I don't know. know. It's a weird thing. Paul, it's a weird thing. Paul. Paul and Sosthenes to the Church of God. Yeah. So, yeah, he's with him. And I have no idea who that is. Maybe it's the elder of the church in Corinth. Sosthenes is a Greek name, it seems. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if he's speaking to a member of the community, maybe the leader. Um, Good question. No idea. No idea. (laughs) Yeah, we'll leave that for homework for you. (laughs) Mm, mm, Good. Yeah, I need that. Cool, man. All right. Well, till next time. All righty. Peace.